Welcome to the Abiding Word, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Jim Swaggart of Calvary Christian Fellowship, St. Mary's, Ohio. Pastor Jim is teaching chapter by chapter, verse by verse through the entire Bible. So let's join Pastor Jim as he begins today's study. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27, as we continue our journey through Genesis. The Bible says, For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. The heavens will praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the holy ones. God loves to work his faithfulness into our lives. And last week, we looked at the life of Isaac, or looking at Isaac and looking at his life, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good, and he is always working his plan through. Amen? And we see that in the life of Isaac thus far, that God was faithful to his plan in his life, which was God's plan, and if you remember back in Genesis chapter 25, if you look at verse 23 of that chapter, you remember that the Lord gave Rebekah a promise when she inquired of him to, as why the struggle was going within her. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples shall be separated from your body, and one people shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger. And so God spoke this to Rebekah. And in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, it says, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. And so as we, again, are reminded throughout Genesis, what has been written is for you and I. We have the the privilege of looking at people in the scriptures, God's people, and all of their failures, all their warts, and and all things, that we get to learn from them. And how wonderful that is, that our God is just as faithful to you and I as he was to Isaac. Because, let's face it, Isaac wasn't, I mean, he was messing up, wasn't he? But yet God was faithful. And now we're going to come start looking at the life of Jacob. And my goodness, again, we're amazed at God's faithfulness. And so it's faith. You know, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell on the land and cultivate faithfulness. That's a psalmist that that said that. But not only does God want to work his faithfulness in our life, it's up to you and I to cultivate our own faithfulness to God. And so we work together with God. And again, faith. And now back to Genesis 27. Let's just pick up and start. In verse 1, now it came about when Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see that he called his older son Esau and said to him, my son, and he said to him, here I am. Isaac said, behold now, I am old and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, please take your gear, your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and prepare a savory dish for me such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat so that my soul may bless you before 
I die. So at this particular time, Isaac is about 137 years old, which should ring a bell because at one time, uh, Ishmael was 137 years old and probably going through his mind, Isaac's mind was that, you know, my days are numbered. His, he's starting to fail physically that he can't see, and so he thinks he's going to die. And we have two very significant things here. First of all, Isaac is completely focused on himself. What's interesting is that Isaac goes on to live for 43 years more, and so he's not really about to die. He feels like he's about to die, but he's interested <clears throat> only in himself here, as we see, and he's interested in the things of the flesh, and I'm reminded of what Jesus said, I have food to eat that you do not know about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. Now, we very briefly looked at, in the last chapter, of Isaac and saw that, you know, he loved God, and yet he didn't really line himself up with the will of God, and we're seeing that here once again. He wasn't surrendered to the will of God. He's not surrendered to the word of God. What did God tell Rebecca? The younger, or excuse me, the older will serve the younger. That was God's plan. That was God's will. Rebecca knew it, no doubt told it to, to Isaac. And so we see here Isaac not surrendered to the will of God because he's not surrendered to the word of God. And that's so true for you and I. Just think when you're walk with the Lord, and when you're not surrendered, when your heart's not surrendered to Him, you can take this to the bank. You're not surrendered to His will. You're not surrendered to the Word of God. That's how powerful the Word of God is in our life, especially a life of faith, where we claim as Christians to trust the Lord, depend on the Lord, seek the Lord, and yet when we don't seek Him, we feel the effects of that and we don't surrender ourselves. And it's interesting here that Isaac is playing to his feelings, his feelings. He, he feels like he's going to die, and so he's going to take care of some things that were outside of the will of God. He's going to try and bless Esau when it's the Lord that's told Rebecca the will of God or will of him was to bless Jacob. And so isn't it interesting that he's playing off his feelings. Isaac allowed his physical and emotional desires to rule his heart instead of relying on the word of God. Does anybody else feel guilty about that? How often you and I let our feelings, whether it's from physical or emotions, or both combined, and we kind of ignore the will of the Lord, and how we, it, it kind of gets you in some state of well, you're just so much governed by your feelings. And, you know, the, here's the thing about feelings, especially as we get a little bit older, whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. Our feelings change. Monthly, weekly, daily, hourly, <laughs> seconds. Yeah, they change too, way too much. And so we can't govern our lives, our spiritual lives before the Lord and get involved in His will if we allow feelings to control us. Because some days I feel rotten. Do you ever feel rotten? You know, there's some days that you don't feel like doing what you 
what the Lord wants you to do. It's just human nature. And we let our feelings, you know, the word tells us that we are to take every thought captive, and that includes our feelings. You know, it's not that we should stay depressed all day when we don't feel like doing the Lord's work or we just feel blah for whatever reason. We need to take every thought captive, surrender our heart to the Lord, and allow his truth to enter into our heart. And, you know, ultimately, if we do focus too much on our feelings, or why me, God? Why am I having a bad day? You know, I had a wonderful blessing, like Kevin and Cherry did this week, to go see Elizabeth flying out of there. I was blessed to see Bob, and, or not Bob wasn't there, but Sherry was there. She was lost, and no problem, I found it, you'll find a place. But, but to see the people in that hospital that are, that are struggling, little babies with tubes hooked up to them, and to think how unthankful I am at times, and how I let my feelings have control of me at times. You know, but the Lord wants us to take our thoughts. He, he, he built us to have emotions. He built us to have feelings. It's part of life. They're important. Our feelings are important. Don't miss me. Our feelings and how we feel emotionally about things, whatever it might be, they're important. But they're never to rule us, to govern our hearts. You know, and, and we can become what I like to call wishy-washy Christians. You know, we can whine and just, that's all we get done before the Lord is to whine. And we don't really accomplish his will. And so we have Isaac here. He's, he's not interested in spiritual things here. He's, you know, thinking he's going to die, so he wants to make sure that he blesses Esau. Mind you, he understands that the Lord's will, God's plan, was to bless Jacob with the blessings of Abraham in the covenant. Let's pick up in verse 5. This is like a, you can make a movie out of this chapter. It's so, you talk about drama. I won't say soap operas because I know nobody here watches soap operas or never have. Are they even on anymore? Don't answer it. It's a trick question. See, I'm looking out for you. Verse 5, Rebecca was listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game to bring home, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game and prepare a savory dish for me, that I may eat and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. And now therefore, my son, listen to me as I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me two choice young goats from there, that I may prepare them as a savory dish for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall bring it to your father, that he may eat, so that he may bless you before his death. Now, we have some issues here in this family. I don't like using that word dysfunctional family because it's too normal for, <laughs> for the world we live in anymore. Every family is dysfunctional in some way. You know, it's just a given thing. We live in a fallen world. We're dysfunctional to the will of God. Put it that way. But we see some issues here that should, you know, stick out for you. First of all, do you notice that Rebecca listened while Isaac spoke to his son Esau? It's his son Esau. And for Rebecca, Jacob was her son. Remember? Remember last chapter? Isaac loved Jacob. Or excuse me, I, I get these names mixed. Isaac loved Esau, and Rebekah loved Jacob. And so there was some favoritism going on, and <clears throat> we have an issue here. 
We also inevitably would have an issue in the marriage. We can say right off the bat here, their marriage was not surrendered to the Lord. The Lord was not Lord of their marriage. Rebecca, not only did she not trust Isaac, I mean, she's probably thinking, you know, you're the man of the house. You should be making sure God's promises come true. You should be doing the will of God. She doesn't trust her husband, maybe for good reason, but guess what? Rebecca doesn't trust the Lord either. She doesn't trust the Lord. She doesn't adhere to or submit to the fact that God has said, the older will serve the younger. And so she takes things into her own hands. She didn't seek the Lord. She wasn't praying and asking God for direction. She hatches up a plan to, you know, kind of help out God. And my goodness, where have we heard that before? You see, Rebecca never got the opportunity to talk to Sarah and how wonderful that would have been because Sarah would have told her, Listen, we, me and Abraham and I, we have screwed up so many times. We, we tried to help God out with his plan. And look what happened. We have Ishmael, you know. But here they're doing the same thing again, or Rebecca's doing the very same thing. And this is good application for you and I. We don't have to resort to the flesh to make God's promises come true. We don't have to adhere to trickery or to scheme but yet so many times that happens. We scheme up things. We scheme up to help God in his plan. <clears throat> and it's always disaster. And it's always foolish. And we're going to see some foolish things here. Uh, verse 11. Jacob answered his mother, Rebekah. Now, what, what would have been the proper response here from Jacob? He, he knew the promise. He knew that he was the one to have the birthright. He knew he was the one that uh, would be the spiritual leader of the family. God said it. And he should have said, hey, Mom, this whole plan of yours, it's not lining up with the word of God. But Jacob here, listen to what he says. Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. What? Perhaps my father will fill me, then I shall be as a deceiver in his sight, and I shall bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. Jacob's biggest concern was that they were going to get caught. And Jacob has this mentality, as we'll see in his life, about getting caught and scheming and deceiving he listens to his mom's plan. He says, but, you know, I, I don't want to get caught because I don't want Dad to think that I'm a deceiver. I don't want to get caught in this plan of yours because God or uh, my dad will think that I'm a, a deceiver. But what's Jacob's name mean? Deceiver, trickster, supplanter. But he's more worried about getting caught. I'll go along with the plan, but I don't want to get caught. It's whacked out, isn't it? But his mother said to him, Your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go. Get them for me. Now this is interesting. Don't worry about it, Jacob. I'll take full responsibility of this. If any curse comes upon it, it's all on me. Because, listen, we have... 
the Word of God, and we have what God said, and that um, I'm going to justify what I'm doing. I can just see her kind of twisting the Word of God, and we need to help God out in His plan here. But the truth is, God will never, ever bless trickery and deceit. God is never in that. Hey, this is God's plan, though, right? Jacob was the one. I can just hear Rebecca saying, listen, just obey me. The Bible says you should obey your mom and dad. You need to obey. This is what the Bible says. And it's God's plan for Jacob to, to be the one. It's your, God's plan for you to receive the blessing of the birthright. And so I have no doubt she's justifying here. <clears throat> but God will never bless that. And so he went, he is uh, Jacob, so Jacob went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory foods such as his father loved. And then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her elder son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the younger goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. She also gave the savory food and the bread which she had made to her son, Jacob. Then he came to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Get up, please, sit, and eat of my game, that you may bless me. And I just want to say, liar, liar, liar. You're a liar. Pants on fire. You know? He's just flat out lying. He's not Esau. Nor did Isaac tell him to do anything. He's lying. But the lie increases in such a way. In verse 20. And Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have it so quickly, my son? See, apparently, Isaac's, it's not jiving up with him. He's confused at least and probably suspects something going on here. But look what Jacob says. And he said, Because the Lord your God caused it to happen to me. That's a lie. That is a lie. This is what you would call taking the Lord's name in vain. What? He didn't say God's name in such a bad way, did he? This is, when the Bible says taking the Lord's name, this is included here. Lying. Bringing God into the picture. God never told Jacob to do this. Jacob's lying. This isn't Jacob. Or this is Jacob. It's not Esau. But he brings the Lord into this. And it's sad today when this is, happens within the body of Christ. And we've probably all been guilty at some point in time when we really think it's the Lord leading us and when it wasn't. It's sad when people say, oh, the Lord is leading me to do this and this and this, and then it's really not the Lord. They're only appeasing their prideful flesh. That's taking the Lord's name in vain. Or saying, we're waiting on the Lord, we're waiting on the Holy Spirit to speak clearly to us, and yet we're not in the Word, we're not praying, we're not with other believers, we're not having fellowship. That's all, in a way, taking the Lord's name in vain. Not really seeking the Lord, but bringing Him into the picture. And what's really sad is when unethical means come into place, when churches and ministries just try to fill the pews up. Oh, this is of the Lord. 
when they appeal to the world's ways of drawing in a crowd instead of just trusting in the Lord. You know, it, I, it, it makes me cringe when I, you know, I, we heard this a couple years ago. A pastor came to town, all excited about his work. I am going to put this church on the map. It's destined for failure right there. He only stayed in town for two years. That church wasn't blessed. See, man has to get out away from his pride and everything and surrender it to the Lord. And when we say, thus saith the Lord, we better be sure that it is the Lord. Or we really take his name in vain and we hinder our own relationship with him when we do that. God wants to bless, but he can only bless in his way. He can only bless truth. And, you know, as, you, as believers, we don't have to scheme. We don't, we don't have to connive blessings. We don't have to create our own blessings and point to God. We don't have to do that because, you know, when we do that, we ruin ourselves. We hinder ourselves from truly receiving blessings from the Lord. We don't have to rely on gimmicks. What is real is real. You know, the Lord's doing something in my life, what I like to call get rid of the fat. And that is everything that isn't of the Lord, you know, you need to set it aside. And I'm in the process of doing that. It's wonderful. But it takes time because you need to trust in the Lord to what is to be getting rid of. And what is of substance needs to stay and what is not is not. But at the same time, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit leading. And then just leave it at that. You know, I have so many ideas in my head for us to bring into application that we might disciple better, we might evangelize better. I'm talking as a church, uh, evangelize better, that we would be more prayer warriors. But I'm telling you, I would wear you guys out. And I have worn myself out thinking about it many times. And I'm constantly reminded by God, Jim, it is what it is. I am working, and it's enough. I don't have to come up with scheme things, even though it's in our heart, isn't it? It's not from bad motivation. It's just human nature. We rely so much on the flesh. If we just rely on the Spirit of God at all times, His blessings come, and they're true, they're of Him, and He does it for building us up, and it's all done for His glory, and it's all part of, done of His will. It's enough. He's enough. Well, Isaac, he's not too convinced this is Esau. And then in verse 21, Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come close that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob came close to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Now put yourself in Jacob's shoes here. Oh, brother. I, I bet he was sweating. You think he was sweating? Verse 23, he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. He lied. And so he said, bring it to me, and I will eat of my son's game that I may bless you. And he brought it to him, and he ate, and he also brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, please come close and kiss me, my son. 
So he came close and kissed him, and when he smelled the smell of the garments, he blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. Now, the blessing here, in some fashion, is given to Jacob. But remember, Isaac thinks this is Esau. He thinks he's blessing Esau, right? This is, God is the one who chose Isaac, or excuse me, Jacob. It is God's doing. It's part of his sovereign will that Jacob was going to receive the blessing of the birthright. Here we have Isaac thinking that he's blessing Esau. You've been listening to The Abiding Word, a radio ministry of Calvary Christian Fellowship, St. Mary's, Ohio. It is our desire that your walk with Jesus Christ has been strengthened through today's teaching. If you would like to contact The Abiding Word, our church website is ccstmarys.com. Or you can write The Abiding Word, 302 West High Street, St. Mary's, Ohio, 45885. If you happen to be in the St. Mary's area and would like to join us for worship, our service times are Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesday Bible study at 6.30 p.m. The church is located at 302 West High Street, St. Mary's, Ohio. Join us again next week as Pastor Jim leads us through his abiding word. I want to touch you.